Welcome to Dude Exactly, a podcast where each episode starts with a question about music or movies and devolves into a random discussion between longtime friends. That's music professor and composer Brian Cobb. And that's conductor and military musician Domingos Robinson. All right, Domingos. What's up, dude? You have put me through the ringer and it was awesome. So I'm going to, do you want an assignment? Yeah, I mean, I, I gave you an assignment to watch a bunch of Marvel films. So <laughs> what do you get? What do you got? Well, <laughs> my, I mean, I sort of am, I feel bad, but you know, don't tell, well, see, I'm, I'm already, you're, you're already like, all right, what are you going to have me do? Um, <laughs> and it's not trained for a marathon, so don't worry about it. But I want to give you, I want to give you the same type of an assignment, but with horror films. Nice. Now, before you commit, I just want <laughs> you, I just, a couple of things that I, I just need to say, if you don't want to do this because um, you, you're just not into it, it's going to change your mood. <laughs> you you got to tell me, man. And I, I, I won't go through with this. So no, it, it's cool. I mean, you know, you and I have talked about, you know, when, when we did the Marvel thing, you know, you know, we kind of talked about like, well, you know, what kind of things maybe would work, you know, for me and, you know, things that I am not really into or haven't gotten into. Right. And, and what came up was that, you know, I mean, I've watched horror movies, but I'm, I'm not really into them. And I don't, I don't seek them out, especially I mean, I can't remember the last horror film I watched. Oh, so okay. Nice. It's been, a, it's been quite a while. It is um, a golden age right now for horror films, I must say. There, yeah. There's some yeah, good I mean, ones And I have there. no idea. Oh. I have no idea. Yeah. So, hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'll just say that, you know, for me, the reason why I, I don't seek them out is because I don't, I, I worry about, you know, we... And we talked about this with Marvel uh, podcast is that we only have so much time, right? So, yeah, right. You know, so I tend to go with when it comes to movies, things that I enjoy, things that are interesting to me. So, you know, I, I like sci fi, I like action, I like drama, comedies. If they're, you know, if they're a particular type, I'll, I'll like comedies and watch them. But when it comes to horror movies, a lot of times my what I when I think of horror movies, I think of a a situation that I just don't want to be in for two hours. Yes. You know what okay. I mean? Yeah. That makes and so, sense. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's my my kind of default. And so even though I might know intellectually that, hey, you know, that's probably a great film, I'm just like, yeah, maybe I'll just watch this a other film instead <laughs> you know so so that's the i guess the assignment is to figure out if if uh, you can uh, convince me that i should give horror another chance so what i would just you know like to preface this with i think with, with horror it's almost like you have to look at it in a different light and i understand this is a big ask right because we're both affected by art as are many people right and i think we choose what we are going to an experience over a night or a weekend 
And, you know, there might be just sometimes where, you know, I just don't want to listen to depressing music, even though it's unbelievably moving, right? That sets the mood, right? So, yeah. I mean, this is a big ask. And so what I want to do is to like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to give you a sense of, I, I think all of these would be considered classic. Some, you know, if you were a horror buff, you might say, well, I might go with something else and that's fine. Um, but what I would say is that when, when you watch horror, there's the what's on the surface, right? Um, there's the experience, but then there's another level that I think, you know, when they're, uh, if you love horror films, that there's something deeper, right? There's a, a symbolic connection to something else. Not saying all horror films, I'm not talking like, you know, Friday the 13th in particular, but the ones that I tried to choose here are important for a, a few reasons um, that I'll sort of describe. And... Sure. And then the other is I tried not to go overboard with with gore, right? <laughs> um, because horror doesn't need blood and guts, right? That, but what that's it, for sure. Yeah, and considering its place, there might be, like with Marvel films, a, a suspension of getting into the mm. the place, but always knowing that you're going to be okay at the end of the film, right? Right. Um, so, so thinking symbolically is important. So, um, the, the first film that I am assigning and, you know, you told me what you've seen before, so I didn't want to, mm -hmm. uh, duplicate this. So if you're following along as you're listening, everyone, you know, the reason why exorcist isn't on here or the shine is cause he's seen them. Right. Um, so. Uh, so I went through, I looked at your list and I was like, okay, I think these would be good ones. Okay, so we're going to start off with uh, Night of the Living Dead. This is the 1968 version. This sets it all in motion, um, George mm -hmm. Romero. And it's a B movie, but holy smokes, this creates a whole avenue of symbolic, metaphorical horror films. Like you can see it as zombies in the situation, but you got to look deeper into how he's presenting it, right? So what I just want to say about Not a Living Dead is you can look at it as a zombie film, but it's also like 12 Angry Men, if you've ever seen that film with, you know, Henry Fonda. It's captivating in that right. way where there's, it's it's much about the people living and how they interact. So there's that one, right? So picking mm -hmm. these i also wanted to give you different flavors right because even if you come out of this and say the hell with horror you might say well i like this genre of horror right and part of that is you know if we just go down the list you've got like monsters right yeah. you've got the living dead of course you have satan and the devil serial killers you've got just horrible events like <laughs> that are just uh, horrific um right. so and and then the supernatural and whatnot so um right. so so the next one i uh want you to watch is the omen and this mm. one uh 1976 this is uh richard donner and 
this is a class because I feel like you have the exorcist and by listening to you talk about it, you were like, okay, that, that was effective, right? Oh um, yeah. It's scary as hell. Yeah. And this, this one, although not on the same level, I, you know, there are some scenes from this one that will just stick with you, which I yeah. think, you know, the thing about a horror film is it you, you, you gotta be invested in, it's gotta be good enough to keep you there. Right. Yeah. And that's what, I think you know crappy horror films don't pull you in right and it could be acting it could be the situation but it right. is a focused genre like you can't be half in you know what i'm saying um so yeah, the yeah. omen will give us that satan and the thing i love about this one is its parents right and mm -hmm. so I, i'll just leave it there it's you know <laughs> um so the next one is probably the the horror film out of all of them that I think is a masterpiece, and this is uh, um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and this yeah. is uh, Toby Ho um, Hopper Hooper I forget uh, I think it's Hopper, um, but this one is just horrific. The you know you got to overlook some of the acting at the beginning, but once it gets rolling, bro, this is high octane. And it's all about you'll be invested because it's all about escape. And and the way they film it, this one set the standard for how it's filmed and some of the 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 editing as well is is really amazing. Um, so leaping forward, uh, number four that I want you to watch is 28 Days Later. OK, so this. Uh, we're returning to the the zombie genre, but mm -hmm. now the zombies, this is uh, Peter Boyle. And so this came out, um, I don't have the date in front of me, but you know, we're, we're talking uh, 2000s and the zombies are fast, <laughs> right? So- Which is unusual. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So now it's, it's no longer, well, I can, you know, jog and I'll be okay. <laughs> you'll be invested with this one because you'll be, you just wake up in a hospital bed and what has gone on in it is really nicely connected to what we just went through with the pandemic. Mm. Only if the pandemic was, I mean, even worse than it was, you know? Yeah. A, a lot worse. Yeah, right. A lot worse. Um, the fifth one is um, I'm not going to say too much about this one because I want you going in um, sort of blind in a way. And sure. this is Descent. And uh, this one I, I love. Um, first, it's an all-female cast, which I think is, hmm. is rare um, with, with horror films. And the, the story starts pretty dark um you know it's a bunch of friends gathering together and they they like to um you know do cave exploration mm -hmm. and they're helping a friend right mm -hmm. so you'll find some really beautiful symbol well be uh powerful symbolism in this one yeah yeah okay so for the for the final film i'm gonna give you a a choice um this is probably my favorite uh, um, a horror director around today. Uh, that's Ari Aster. 
and he has two films, um, both <laughs> equally as powerful. Mm -hmm. Midsommar is the one that I think most likely you'll you'll like uh, more than the other. The other is a uh, uh, film called Hereditary, which was uh, before Midsommar. Mm -hmm. um, so one is about a cult, and I'm not going to say too much. The other is about a, uh, a horrific, you know, event. It's a lot about grief, um, and it's got Toni Collette, and she she should have mm -hmm. won the Oscar for this um, for this role. She was amazing. So with those two, I think mm -hmm. it's the weight, the artistry. Because if you if you were to watch both of them, you would see that there's the same weight. And, you know, I, I think it's these this one where to me, when I think of why I like horror and seek it out, is that, you know, I'm I'm a film viewer that I don't like to go over the necessarily the same things over and over again. And I like to be mm -hmm. challenged. And I like film and art to take me to a place that I really don't, I want to experience, but I don't want it to be part of my life, mm. right? And I accept yeah. it in that way, right? Um, but yeah, I understand. That's really yeah. interesting, actually. That's really interesting because that's almost, that reminds me of like, you know, going on a roller coaster or something like that, you know what I mean? Mm. You know what I mean? Absolutely um, right. It's 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 a way of experiencing something that is um, dangerous and thrilling, but in a safe, you know, theoretically, hopefully, <laughs> right. In in a safe way, you know, so you get the thrill, you get the adrenaline rush, but but you know, you know, you're gonna get off the ride just fine. You know, you know that even though you are experiencing something that's really uh, scary or thrilling or, you know, horrific that you can go through those emotions yeah, in, in a safe space because you can, you know, you're eating popcorn and then you just walk out of the theater and, you know, it's all yeah. good. So that, that, that is really interesting actually. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's the one thing where I, I, I think, you know, people tend to either gravitate to it or not, right? And mm -hmm. and it gets down to it's a very personal way you treat time in your psyche. Like I, I'm not gonna badger anyone because they don't watch horror films because I understand the effect. And there are some films, like there's one that I wanted to, but I just couldn't do it to you um, <laughs> because I love you. And, uh, <laughs> and that is uh, Funny Games. Uh, which is not very gory. It's just so, I've never been more, you know, controlled my emotions and it's so masterful. I mean, it is another masterpiece, but holy mm. smokes, I, I think with what I'm giving you, these are classics. If you want to go to that one after, um, <laughs> then do it. But that's one sure. and I, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about it in a future episode, but sure. But that's my list, man. And, you know, um, I tried to not have it all be, you know, totally terrifying, but that is part of the the thrill, right? Or yeah. to leave with you and say, hmm, what would I have done in that situation? Or the the situation as being a commentary on 
something out there in the world, which a lot of these are, and certainly Night of the Living Dead. There's a, a one scene, I'm not going to tell you, that pu puts it right in the 60s, right? Mm -hmm. You'll see it and you'll be like, oh, interesting. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So these are thinking, nice. thinking movies. Yeah. Nice, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I never really thought of, of this genre as, as something that has other levels, mm -hmm. to be honest. Sure. And yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's probably kind of, uh, you know, simple, simpleton for me because I mean, obviously any good m movie has multiple levels to it, right? It's a commentary on, on uh, society, particularly the society of the time of, the, of when the film is created or the TV show is created. Right. You know, I mean, I mean, my, one of my favorite shows of all time is Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you know, which right. is, which is totally a, a, uh, a commentary on basically high school uh, angst and, and, uh, you know, coming of age angst and stuff like that. Right. It yeah. just use the supernatural as a vehicle. And so, you know, I, I totally understand that, you know, it's just, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to, you know, to, to see these films and, and kind of come at it with a, Hey, you know, just give them a chance, you know, right. and, and just see what, see what happens, you know, just experience them. Yeah. And, you know, some of the elation or not, right. Yeah. Right. So that's why, you know, with horror, it's one of those things <laughs> you really don't know where it's going to the end. Right. And that's yeah. another thing that I don't like cookie cutter stuff. I don't want to, you know, and that's another reason, if I must say that I love horror is you never know what's going to happen. And it could be, oh, yes, the person made it or, oh, <laughs> things are bad and they didn't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which is captivating to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, nice, okay. Man. You have your assignment and um, hopefully you'll still be my friend. <laughs> I'll I'll use all two weeks to uh, watch these. So. Are you gonna Are you gonna watch them solo or? Um, we'll see. Anjali is my wife has uh, intimated that she might uh, she might watch them with me. Okay, but we'll see because horror is not her thing either. Okay, yeah. So. If you if you need a uh, a recommended sort of ones that she might like to be sit, sit on, sit it on, you know, um, let mm -hmm. me know and I could do that. Or maybe okay. we have her as a guest um, next time and we see her reaction. <laughs> yeah, that would, be, that would be very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, man. All right. We'll see you in see two on the weeks. Other side. Okay. Right. Take care. Right, welcome back for part two of another uh, journey uh, in assignment. Uh, and uh, Domingo, so you've had a, a a few weeks to watch a collection of horror moves. I'm like your sort of um, you know question and project for me with the Marvel universe. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, what were your thoughts? I know, you know, you took some 
took uh, some time, and I understand the the decompression if you're not a horror, horror film buff, right? Um, so yeah, well, um, your thoughts? Do you still like me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think um, you know, if anyone you know follow along and do this, I, I would recommend you know spacing these out. So you know, it, it definitely uh, you know the difference between watching six Marvel movies in 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 short order and watching six horror films in short order, you know, was. It was definitely uh, by the time I got to like the third or fourth film, you know, and um, I didn't have any nightmares or anything, but there were definitely like there were there were times where, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night. And then as you're falling back to sleep, like a certain image would come to your mind, you know, I'm sorry, and oftentimes, man. <laughs> <laughs> and oftentimes in the last couple of weeks, it's been an image from one of these films. Right. <laughs> right. So, but, you know, that's cool. I mean, you know, that's. You know, I think, you know, we'll, we'll talk about like the genre itself, I think probably a little later, but I mean, that's probably, that's part of it, right? Is that, you know, you pick, you pick films uh, in general or you pick entertainment in general that is going to be affecting in some way. And, and then the question is, you know, how you want, you know, the, the entertainment, you know, whatever it is, whether it's music or movies or whatever, to affect you and, and it probably depends on you know what you're looking for at the time right absolutely so, yeah but it definitely you know it definitely had an effect um on my sleeping habits at least a little bit oh right <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so how would you yeah. like to um you know go about you know our, our discussion here you know post so yeah. yeah so i think you know kind of like what you did with um with the mcu uh, podcast uh, a couple weeks ago. I think what what I'll do is I'll probably start with. I'll just kind of put them in my order in terms of I'll say how I liked how I liked them. Okay. Yeah. And in in terms of you know so I'm not kind of be like you know like a film critic and be like you know this film is better than this film is better than this right. film because I think that's fairly subjective, right? And, of course. Yeah. And and you know I I think. I'll just be subjective and say, this is what I liked more than this mm -hmm. you know, and not try to get into a ranking in terms of, right. You know, so at least for today, you know, and I, I was, I did the, this ranking um, about an hour ago as I was reviewing my notes. So the first one for me is the Yeoman, mm. which is the, the 1976 uh, Richard Donner film with Gregory Peck. Right. Um, so I'll just go through them quick and then I'll go back to the top. So the second one for me is 28 Days Later. Oh, okay. That's the, you know, the uh, later zombie film. Right. Um, Danny Boyle. Quote, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the British, it was, it's a British film. Uh, third for me is The Descent. Mm. Which is the uh, the all-woman all um, film about, you know, uh, basically being morons and going well <laughs> one moron that led them into a into a, a cave that they actually didn't know how to get out of right uh the next for me is night of the living dead the, the romero 1968 yeah uh then midsummer okay you know the uh, the swedish uh kind of folk horror and then texas chainsaw massacre right which is so those, yeah okay 
is is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, <laughs> right? Um, you know, which is kind of like, uh, you know, you know, Saw and those kind of movies are a derivative of oh, for sure, the Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's my ranking in terms of, I guess I don't know if enjoyment is the right word, but you know, when I watched them, how I liked them. Yeah. I guess you know what I mean. So starting with the Omen, um, you know, my first, uh, you know, my first thought was, holy crap, this is the guy, you know, the director, who did Superman, the Christopher Reeve Superman, right? <laughs> yes. So the same guy, who a year, no, two years later, did Superman with Christopher Reeve, right? Uh, did the Omen with, you know, Gregory Peck, and uh, so that to me that was like really funny uh i think when watching it it reminded me a lot of rosemary's baby right that would be i mean uh, you know is, is after yeah, that but a, yeah right it has that tone to it right yeah yeah and the you know so yeah you know the i think i can't remember if rosemary's baby I, I read the book and then you know i've seen the film too i can't remember if he's the son of the devil or is the devil himself incarnate that right do you remember I can't you know remember. it's funny i just know it's satan um yeah so i think it actually is supposed to be satan incarnate right. that's being born in, in in rosemary's baby in this one it's i think the son of the devil. yeah you know and it's um you know one of the reasons i i chose this one is like when you think of the horror genre right mm -hmm. having the religious aspect like the idea of you know satan or the antichrist whatever you want uh, a demons that type of stuff it's hard to get around not including a film like that and since you saw rosemary's baby and the exorcist this is like yeah the younger you know sibling of those i think right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah they're definitely those three are definitely and oscar winning score too you know yeah, yeah, it was a very good score for sure. Yeah, very good score. And it, it, the movie was made, I think, out of, you know, so it's made in the seventies, and of course, mid seventies, coming out of the, the turmoil of the sixties and the kind of the malaise of the seventies. This is right after the end of the Vietnam War, mm -hmm. um, right? And so, you know, there's there's definitely a um, a feeling to you know and there's a i think another film like this too in on this list that it definitely has that feeling that it's come out of the strife and the conflict and the, the kind of feeling of the late 60s early 70s right so i definitely i don't know if it, that's an intentional thing on the director and the writer um or if it's just something i picked up on right or if it's something that you know, just people are are bringing their own baggage to it, right? Um, you know, and and sometimes I think I think there's one or two films like this on the list that, you know, uh, I think some people brought their own baggage to it and maybe made more of it than it is, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's part of art too, is that you bring your own crap to whatever you're experiencing, and then, you know, it's not for us to say, well, it's not about that. You know, what I mean, right. if it's about that to you, then it's about that to you. Yeah, and so I think. Yeah, and I mean, you bring up a great point because uh, thinking about art and and situations, the human experience, 
you know, the horror genre really does focus in on the dark, right? The things mm -hmm. that may, well, you hope they don't happen in your life, right? Now, this one, the, you know, the thing I really, you know, was drawn to was the the mistake or not the mistake, what what Gregory Peck's character was trying to make sure didn't happen, right? With the death of his, um, right, the, 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 the switching of the babies, right? And, right. Yeah, yeah. you know, like that mistake. Yeah. I mean, it just unfolds and it's a really interesting, you know, mm -hmm. conundrum, right? That that character yeah. has. Um, and I thought that like the, mm -hmm. the second act I thought was, was interesting because it was there's definitely more mystery than horror yes. in the second act, you know. Right. As as they're trying to piece it together and figure it out, uh, what you know, what exactly is going on. He's, you know, the Gregory Peck's characters, the the realization is slowly dawning on him that there might be something to this. Right. And of course, once his wife is is uh, is killed, yeah. Um, then you know that that kind of you know takes it to a different level for him. So I mean I, I think overall uh i think it's a, a, a really well done movie i think um you know of course richard donner's a director Gregory peck's a great actor i thought uh, the, uh, the actress who played his wife was really good i can't remember her name off the top of my head um i thought the kid was great at being uh creepy <laughs> right um you know and that look at the end there was just like oh god you know yes I mean, right actually you know, the cemetery at <laughs> At his father's funeral, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, with all of these films, you know, one thing that I, I would like maybe to just if you could add in there is like the scenes that stick with you. Like with a lot mm -hmm. of these films, that's the other thing is it's not balls to the wall gore for a lot of great horror films. Right. It's a build up. Right. And it's the situation. <laughs> right. You know that look at the very end it's really chilling mm -hmm. right um it is yeah i mean the one for me is at his birthday party absolute startling uh nanny who jumps out the window and right. hangs herself. i mean that right there the first time i saw it when i was a kid that has stuck with me as just mm -hmm. being like one of those classic scenes that you just can't get out of your head you know yeah yeah, uh, that was definitely the one for me. I, I would probably, I would probably put that scene. That was a good, that was a good scene in general. Um, you know, just the, the, the pandemonium of a, of a little kid's birthday, you know, trying to get, keep his attention, you know, you have all the kids running around and then you hear the, the nanny, at first you just hear the nanny yeah. saying his name, you know, trying to get his, his attention. And then, you know, then when they cut to it, you see like, Oh crap! She's going to jump, isn't she? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. There's no other reason for her to be there in a horror film than she's going to jump. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so that was that was good. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So the next one for me. Oh, the, the other uh, thing I wrote down in the moment was I can't take a razor on a plane, but Gregory Peck can bring a bunch of large spikes on a plane. Right. Remember that? You know? <laughs> Right. <laughs> I yeah. was like, really? <laughs> you know? They're antiques. This is the 70s. Yeah, you, know, right. you could bring a, <laughs> bring a bazooka on a plane, but I can't bring my razor. Right. All right. So the next one, yeah, is 28 Days Later. 
I thought uh, it was a really interesting premise, you know, especially in this day and age, you know, with the uh, animal experimentation, you know, how the, you know, the monkey bite, you know, leads to this, you know, ridiculous outbreak. And, yeah, you know, the only thing I, I was wondering, and this is just, um, you know, just the nitpicking of, I didn't, I hadn't quite suspended my belief yet, but I was just wondering something that would, as a gestation period of like seconds, how that could spread so quickly. Right. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it was just so quick, you know, the turn. Um, but you know, they're all, they're all those, I mean, Dawn of the, Dawn of the Dead, um, Night of the Living Dead or? No, the, the, the TV show. Oh, um, The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead. I think that one is like that too, where like, it's really fast, right? Yeah. Within minutes, Seven right? turns. Yeah. So, but other than that, um, uh, I thought uh, the like the low budgetness of the film I think really worked to bring it. You know, it's, it was kind of it reminded me of like Cloverfield or something like that. It's not the same, right? Because um, it's not it's not um, autobiographical or you know first person like Cloverfield is, but it had that kind of same realness to it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think really worked. Um, yeah, and they and they really do a good job of like. Getting your getting your mindset into him being out of a coma, looking for food, looking you know all of these things. Somehow he survived, and then just you as a viewer, you sort of know what happens, but you know mm-hmm. just you can really understand what the the character is feeling, and it's not. I mean, it's it's realistic in that sense, you know, and certainly the shot mm-hmm. when he's, you know, walking through London and there's no one there, you know, like, wow. Yeah. You know, what a shot. You know, the first time he sees somebody. It's the uh, I think it's like the, he's in the church or something. He's seeing, mm-hmm. all, he's seeing all the you know the bodies or whatever, and he's just trying to process. And then, you know, he sees a person. And he's like, oh, hey, great a person. And then you know, <laughs> he's, he's slowly he's like what the hell <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> and, and then uh you know runs for his life and and all that um but i thought you know that was i think all that was really well done in terms of you know kind of de- showing the isolation that you must feel in that situation and and just to like the wtf of it yeah you know what i mean um and very yeah like you said you know with someone waking up out of a coma now and be like, yeah, we, the, the world has almost stopped with COVID and you'd be like, what? N- never mind. Like right. everyone, you know, if they were in the city is probably dead. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, in, in the, the, the only thing I wasn't crazy about is just a, is something that happens in movies all the time. And, and that is the depiction of the military. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, when, when, whenever I see, and it happens a lot where military are basically, uh, if they if they if they uh, they're like one step removed from being completely amoral, you know, like uh, and, and it happens in this film where all of them except for one person is basically willing to like rape and pillage and kill. Yeah. After only, after only about a, a little over a because month because they got their chance yeah. to do it, right? You know, yeah. like they yeah, finally got their chance. Right. And and so you know, I don't know if that's you know, just the writer and director, like a commentary in the military, you know, like they're some kind of anti-military, you know, kind of vibe there on that. Sure. Could be. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. uh, 
Um, but it happens so often that it, it just annoys me. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah, here we go again, you know? Right. Um, but besides that, um, I thought, again, really, I think very well done in what it was doing. And I think a good slight twist on the, on the zombie genre. Yes, right. You know, um, it was, and I like the ending too, where, you know, there was at least a, a sliver of hope at the end there. Yes. Um, so I know there's a sequel. And, yeah, 28 uh, weeks later. So yeah, <laughs> not quite get out of it. Right, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, cool. So yeah, but yeah, I mean, um, I think very, very good in, of that genre. Uh, the next one, uh, I think a close third for me um, would be Descent. And that one, I just, um, I think over, I really uh, thought it was effective, um, a really effective beginning and, and a good shock um, yeah. that, that set the table, you know, so the, uh, the, the husband and child, you know, dying in that accident um, and then her surviving I thought was a good uh, twist because, you know, when at first, you know, I, I you know, I, I read the summary of what the movie is about. And so I thought them doing the water rafting thing was the beginning of that adventure, you know, at the very beginning. And then, you know, you see them, you know, saying hello to their husbands or whatever. And so I was like, oh, okay, what's going on? And then, you know, obviously the, the accident that starts the whole thing. And so I thought that was really cool. Um, Cause I didn't expect it. And, uh, and then I think overall, I got a good, like alien type of vibe from the film, like the the claustrophobia, the. Um, yeah, you're not on a spaceship. You're underground, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a good. Yeah, a, a, yeah I I never thought of it that way. Yeah, you know, and being kind of tracked by mm -hmm. a creature that you you're not getting you know a good grasp of what it is or exactly what you're dealing with. You just know it's there and. And so it's kind of like Alien in that way. Alien is, I think, one of the best sci-fi horror films, maybe the best. There's a nice homage in terms of the feeling. Right. I, don't, I don't know if that was something that they, you know, as as the writer and director, I don't know if they, you know, were inspired by Alien at all. But well, that's, that's the vibe I got. Yeah, you know, this one, you know, this is probably the, you know, the one that I, I sort of labored over was like, uh, should I put this on here? Because, you know, it's this one that I, I feel like there's a lot of commentary, like an internal, you can interpret this movie in different ways, right? From the extreme mm -hmm. grief and her, you know, almost being reborn or being put back in, in a womb of sorts, right? Mm. And the cave and, you know, the crawlers... You know, I, I, you know, read some interviews with, you know, the people that worked on it. One thing is that the actors never saw the the monsters or the crawlers until the day of the shoot. And it scared the mm. living shit out of them. Right. So, you know, they really held back on that. But then also there are different um, there are different endings to the film and right. I was, yeah i was going to talk about that too yeah yeah um well yeah so talking about the just some of the stuff there you know the the use of the the false scare um they do that a lot and um i think it was, i think it was effective uh oftentimes i get tired of of that mm -hmm. but you know they're they're lulling you they're lulling you <laughs> lulling yeah, yeah 
Yeah, lulling you into, um, you know, not believing it, right? Yeah. So at some point you're going to get, there's going to be a scare where it's actually the, the monster or the bad guy, right? right? But uh, there was like three times in a row where, you know, someone got scared then it was just their friend or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought the music worked really well in terms of like using stingers and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and I thought the creatures were interesting in that they were human descendant, you know, so they were, and they were family units. Yep. So, you know, it wasn't just, uh, you know, a monster. They were descendant from humans that, you know, had been trapped there and basically, you know, they adapted to the cave environment. Yeah, which is, you know, a, a you cool know. idea, actually. You know, yeah. and it yeah. makes it believable, like, hmm, I, I, I'm not sure I want to go to Appalachia and, you know, crawl down Next. in some old mines or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're like, why would anyone do that, first of all? <laughs> totally. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so the difference in endings, like, so, so that the ending that I saw, the, the which was the U.S. ending, um, you know, has her, has the the main character, the one that had the tragedy, as the lone survivor. Yeah, and you know she's she's able to get out and drive away. And there's the UK ending that you were referring to, and that's the one. You know, I just heard you know read about it that all of that, all the US ending was basically when she was in her mind. It was in her mind, like she was she had been knocked out or whatever. Yeah. And all that was in her mind that she escaped. And when she wakes up, the, the monsters are descending upon her. And so, and then that's the ending that the, you know, the UK audience got. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what, yeah. Which one do you like better? If I'm, you know, sort of cataloging and developing my own philosophy of the movie, I like the idea that whether it was a dream, like the whole thing was a dream but the sim the the symbolism of her you know if i'm thinking of this as going back into the womb right because you know the trauma of losing a child and and then just sort of all the blood in there it's you know sort of would would be part of that and then her being birthed back into the earth out of this place and now she's right. starting afresh right she's been mm-hmm. reborn i sort of like that but I'm I'm also the idea of her waking. It's dreadful, um, right? So because in her mind she had escaped, and then I, I mean I think um, I think you're right. You know the you're right about the you know she she goes through so much during the course of the film and, and really changes. Yeah, and becomes really um, from passive to quite aggressive in in kind of taking taking hold of things and taking charge and, right. you know, she just basically becomes a badass, you know, takes care of a more than one foe, you know, right. So to totally. And then, yeah, the image of her bursting out of the, uh, the ground uh, and gasping for air. I think uh, that's, that was pretty obvious mm-hmm. of a, you know, of a metaphor. And so I like, I like that version of it. Yep. Um, not only because, the poor woman finally, you know, catches a break, but I think it matches the symbolism and a lot of the trials that she went through. And if she went through all that just to be eaten by the monsters, then I'm not sure what 
the hell the point of the movie is. Right. Yeah. And that's the I thing. Mean, I, like, I, I, I mean, I think it's a very powerful statement for her to, like you said, not be passive. Rightly so. Right. She's grieving and, mm -hmm. you know, just absolute shock. And then she takes a hold of the situation in, in, like you said, becomes stronger and it's powerful in that sense. And the, the, the director didn't want a, a sequel, you know, he was totally cut mm -hmm. off. Um, they went with someone else. And I thought that was interesting, you know, that, um, he saw it. I mean, he was happy because I'm sure he gets royalties in, in, in some sense. But mm -hmm. when you have this, yeah. and, and it was popular enough, it wasn't like a huge hit. But yeah, it's just one of those hidden gems where it's like, ooh, you know, I'm so glad I watched this. Cool. <clears throat> mm -hmm. uh, let's see. Then next was Night of the Living Dead. You know, here again, I think, you know, great use of music. Yep. So this is 1968. So all the things that we associate with music and horror films i don't know if this was an originator but it seems like it you know what i mean yeah, well the use of stingers and yeah stuff like that the film score is stock it, okay. yeah it's not an original score which was interesting i i always assumed that because it was on such a small budget so a lot of those things of out of being sort of cliche and early mm. you know was because they were using probably film music that had been used prior you know, in other stuff. So, hmm. yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, having, having it take place in like rural America was interesting and, and I think brought it down very real, made it seem more real. Yeah. And, you know, and, and even the camera, uh, the use of camera angles and things like that. And a lot of close, close cropping. So you can't see you know, what's going on just over the person's shoulder. I mean, that's very much a, a horror genre deal yes. or any kind of suspenseful yeah. uh, situation, you know. And so seeing that used back then, I think, you know, was interesting to me. You know, the big things, you know, the the casting and the characters, there's definitely uh, an overlay of commentary. So you got you know, the big, big thing is, you know, having a, a black actor in 1968 be the lead. Yes. Um, right. And the hero. And from my understanding, you know, he, he's written like a, a, unlike a typical black character of the time, you know, so he's, he's not a background character. He's not comic relief. He's not a change of pace character. He's a lead character. He's the only rational person right. in the whole damn film. Absolutely. You know? who, who who you feel like is in control. And it's like, if, right. if you'll only listen to him, you'll survive. We survive. Right. You know? And so, yeah, so that, that was interesting, uh, an interesting choice. Um, and I think, a, you know, a powerful statement in 1968. And then, you know, the other characters are all kind of um, stereotypes. You have... You know the the father knows best yep. dude you know and you have his um his wife that goes along with it uh you have the the typical 1950s 1960s housewife mm -hmm. and the and the she's kind of dual that and the damsel in distress type of deal right and so you know so you have all those different kind of and then the child right and then the child yeah. right yeah yeah, so all those different types of stereotypes and tropes are at play here. Um, and I think, you know, well done. 
I mean, it didn't feel tropey to me. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think the respect that I have for this film has grown over the years because when you put it up against, you know, other people that are sort of hunkered down into a room, whether it's 12 Angry Men or Get on the Bus by Spike Lee, you know, that you can work on bigger, like you said, bigger bigger ideas and the commentary certainly of the time and the ending is mm -hmm. like that really just nails it right um and then also right. the use of a technique that i'm sure we'll talk about with texas chainsaw massacre is they because of the people that were working on the film were doing reporting and stuff in the area like they really had down sort of this media aspect to the film that made it feel real mm -hmm. in that sense even though i mean you watch the film certainly the brother at the beginning the acting is atrocious in that sense and it'll also be mm -hmm. the case i'm sure <laughs> with texas chainsaw massacre right you yeah, could yeah. just tell right they're not legit you know yeah. well yeah i mean that and that was funny because uh, one of the comments uh, or one of the things i wrote down fairly early on in, in this movie was the radio commentary reminded me of uh, War of the Worlds. Yes, right. Yes. You know, the War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells, the the um, Orson Wells, yeah. you know, radio broadcast. I mean, people were losing their shit, you know, because they thought the Mar that Mars was attacking because, you know, just the way he did it was so brilliant. Yep. Um, and so that had that a little bit of that flavor, but so what was happening wasn't just being shown it was being you know commented on by quote unquote the press right in it and yeah so that made it i think a little bit more grounded and you know it's and, really smart if you don't have the budget for that there's another way if you choose to think outside that everyone mm -hmm. needs to see everything well no not really we just need to know what's happening in having you know the perspective of getting news reports about what is happening what to do right i mean it's really no different than what we were doing with with the beginning of you know the the covid quarantine should i should i not right. go to the grocery store if i do do i wear plastic gloves or not like no one knows anything right yeah that was that was really um and i think you know like you said the commentary about the tension well, so like the, the, you know, the, the tension and, and the arguing and things like that, that was prevalent in the house, you know, as they were trying to, they were arguing over what to do, right? Yeah. Stay upstairs, go downstairs and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it added an, another layer that they were arguing with a, a black man, all these white guys arguing with a black man in 1968. Right. It just adds another... A uh, layer of commentary, and then um, you know, like you, like you said, the ending, as the uh, the police and the and the um, militia wannabes uh, were kind of clearing the uh, the area of zombies. You know, they just you know shoot through the window um, and kill the 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 hero who had lived through the night. I mean, it doesn't take a genius to, to think that, you know, that's a commentary on, on, on racism. It could be a commentary on the senselessness of violence. Sure. My only question would, 
which I I couldn't find, and I, I didn't look you know forever about on it. But I was wondering since the the role was originally written for a white character, white character, but you know this guy just came in and nailed it. So they're like, well, we're going to give it to this guy. Doesn't matter if he's black or white, right? Right. And so I wonder, was he if it was a white character originally? Was he supposed to die like he did, or was there a different ending? Interesting. So did they change the ending to create common, a commentary? Right. I don't know. Do you? I I don't know, and you know that also goes to show, either way, right? We would feel the same about the character if they were the voice of reason, right? Mm -hmm. But yeah. but it's very different, and it affects you symbolically either way right which tells mm -hmm. us a lot about ourselves and how we you know what i mean back then i would say it means as much well a different way now right it's certainly with the death of um you know the floyd murder and mm -hmm. you could see that as somewhat like that or just not caring right it's almost at the end it's like zombies people like you said it's Whatever. it's senseless violence right which you could also say yeah. is a part of today as well with mass shootings sure. interesting i right. mean this one it just always brings up you know it's a thinker right and that's the thing that i was hoping mm -hmm. to show in this curated collection is yeah it's not run for your life but there is a run for your life one in here but sure <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, and then the ineptness of the uh, the government and the military is probably a uh, commentary on the ineptness of the government and the military. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I mean, let's see. Nine, that's 1968. Yes. Right. Yep. So I mean, that's that's the height of Vietnam protests. And, you know, the government can't do anything, you know, and, you know, they don't know what the hell's going to, you know, going on in Vietnam and. People are protesting and this. Yeah, and and what a different, you know, being in Pittsburgh, right, which is where, you know, that area of Pennsylvania was filmed, and then, you mm -hmm. know, you go to San Francisco and you're getting a different vibe, right? Like mm -hmm. that, the place where they are, is, you know, in no way, free love and, so you know what I mean, like this idea of peaceful demonstrations or right. uh, a different mindset. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So the next is uh, Midsummer. This one was interesting. Um, the skill of the director is obvious, right? Uh, just uh, it's just well shot. Oh yeah. There's some really interesting uh, use of of camera, interesting visuals, great, really a lot of thought behind every shot. I think. Yeah. The sets, um, the costumes, think, everything. Yeah, all of that is just. Really, you know, excellent filmmaking. Um, I thought the score was really interesting to create an ambiance. Uh, the slow reveal was good, you know, going from you know, where we started, you know, with this, you know, town, not even town, this idyllic village, right? And, you know, you just, if only they had watched any horror film, they'd know that they are fucked. Yeah. <laughs> there's just no place like that, right? Yeah. Now that's when you just turn around, right? Yeah. When people are like playing wooden whistle, wooden flutes, and yeah, 
people are dancing and getting high on acid and you know there's flowers everywhere it's like yeah turn the fuck around man. <laughs> right i mean <laughs> nothing good comes from this right? um, certainly when you hear those drones and the music you know <laughs> no, get, get the hell out but you um you know this one's you know i'm, I'm not sure you're going to talk about how it begins but it's so much like descent oh, yes. right where it's unbearable grief you know yeah i would say my the best act is the first act yeah for me yeah i i thought it was superbly done mm -hmm. like the the shock of florence Pugh, sister and parents dying of being murder suicide um uh, was surprising yeah you know it was surprising and it was it was well done and well shot uh florence Pugh is a great I think a great young actress. Uh, she's in Black Widow. She plays uh, um, Natasha Romanoff's uh, sister, and and so nice. <laughs> that was the first time I saw her. This was the second time I saw <laughs> nice. her. Nice, two different. Like, Man. Yeah, yeah, pretty different. Yeah, yeah. So I think, but for me, I thought it was once we got to the village, it became quite predictable for me. Okay. Once they had that conversation about. 18 years old, you become an adult, 36 years old, you, you know, marry and have kids, you know, then 72 years old. And, you know, and, you know, she's like, what happens after 72? And, you know, he basically motioned that, yeah, you, you die. You're right. Right. And so when we saw the, the two older, yeah, the older couple, you know, the elders come out, as soon as I saw them, they're like, yeah, they're dying today. Right. And they're they're gonna die in some kind of ritual suicide. Yeah, because they're seventy two years old. I know it. Right, right. And so there there were several moments like that where I kind of knew what was coming. It didn't negate from the, you know, the the skill of of the execution of it. Yeah. But I think if if I can predict too many times in a in a thriller or a horror or a mystery, then I think it loses some gas for me. Yeah. Uh, which is why it's lower on the list than, say, even The Descent, which probably most people would be like, oh, that, you know, Midsummer is a better film than Descent, right? Um, but to me, it wasn't. Yep. Um, because I wasn't surprised enough. Right. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, the the choice of like Midsummer or Hereditary, you know, Hereditary has a twist in that one smack in the mm -hmm. middle that just is you know really i mean it caught me so off guard but the tone of mm -hmm. that one is you know it's interesting this one you know he's he was able to capture the same vibe but of course you know it's not you know it's tony collette who's one of the great underrated mm -hmm. actresses in, in this generation just amazing and she gives the performance of a lifetime in this film yeah, yeah. but it being hard you know and that's part of it as well is you know not for all but in terms of stretching actors and certainly with grief and what what you're doing you know that type of of sort of evolution of a character i find very appealing about about horror film or survival mm -hmm. films as well it doesn't have to necessarily right. be horror but it was an interesting kind of uh you know, take on, I think, a very dark kind of breakup movie, you know? Yeah. Um, 
you know, I, I kind the of anti rom com. <laughs> yes, yeah, like the anti rom com, right? Um, and, and then, you know, thinking about how she was so isolated in the beginning, the first act, disconnected from her boyfriend, disconnected certainly from her quote unquote family unit, uh, which was, you know, the boyfriend and his couple of friends losing her family. So she's really isolated. She goes to this place where everyone's happy or whatever. And everyone is very empathetic or seemingly empathetic, right? To her. Yes. Particularly. Because because um, they, you know, you, you're just thinking they know what she's gone through and they're going to be, you know, gentle, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And, you know, the way multiple times the Greek choruses, I called them, are going through the same emotions as other characters. So the pain of the elder mm -hmm. who jumped off but didn't die quite yet, you know, and they go through ritualistically his pain. Uh, the same at the end with the, um, the ritualistic uh, sacrifices. But then, you know, her grief uh, when uh, she sees her, her boyfriend, you know, cheating on her, yeah. you know, for lack of a better term. And, you know, they all crowd around her in, in, grieve literally grieve with her it reminded me like you know especially with the the flowers and stuff like that you know it reminded me like a connected flower bed or something like you know like everyone's all the all the plants are connected and all feeling at the same time something like that yeah okay that's the kind of vibe yeah. i got you know i don't know if that was purposeful it seemed like it yeah especially when she was covered in flowers at the end you know in that yeah no i i dress. yeah i i like that you know observation I think you're right. So yeah, even though I think um, in in some ways I think there were some misses. I thought I thought there was uh, some really interesting things that that they did with that. Uh, I like Florence Pugh. Um, I think she's a very good young actress, and you know, it, I I think they were able to keep the creepy, even though, like I said, I was able to predict some of the some of the things that happened. But I think overall, still pretty effective. Um, and then the last one for me was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know, I just kept wondering why these people are so damn stupid. Right. Um, so that's a lot of a uh, lot of tropes in action, you know, in this one. Yeah, right? I mean, it's just like, Jesus, man, come on. It's very disturbing. It's um, definitely a film of the 70s, no doubt about it. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. you know, and, you know, the the uh, the treating people like animals yep. was very, in, you know, interesting and Perhaps a commentary on how we treat animals as as uh, as meat. You know, yeah, I, I wrote a good argument for not eating meat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, a study in insanity. You know, like, how does a whole family become insane like they did? Right, sort of the you know? the inbreeding and the isolation. Yeah, the, yeah, and it, you know the interesting thing with this one, you know, is that I think the reason why it, it it captured at least me first time i saw it was that it was a b movie in that sense mm -hmm. it starts with the false you know almost this is a true story right falsely saying that but it's mm -hmm. like a collection of different serial killers and what they did is pretty much you know very akin to this but it's just so mm -hmm. horrific right um yeah in that sense and yeah, what what do you think about the momentum of this one? Because this one, that's one of the reasons I just I hold it to high esteem, 
is the mm -hmm. the fast pace yeah once it gets going or, there is no you can't stop yeah for sure i mean i think yeah once you once it starts it, it moves pretty quickly and you know which i think it, it would have to just based on the context and you know what's going on and it's not something that can be drawn out over over even a couple of days you know what i mean yeah just the, na the nature of you know they were there to just like stop for a little bit and you know they end up you know one by one getting knocked off you know and, and of course they go and look for each other and and so you know it's pretty quick you know the the one i think it's the first guy is the first guy that goes in in the house for some stupid ass reason yeah right and and you know but the the image of like the the door closing after they that is just unbelievable it's like the prototypical you know kind of image of of that movie i think yeah yeah there's uh, that and the very end for me with mm -hmm. her getting in that truck and him just mm -hmm. running out you know swinging swinging the and he's like saw, yeah. you've made it out of there and it's there's no looking back right and there are mm -hmm. accounts of people that's how they escaped you know right um and it's just chilling and plus you know it's not slick it's like very dirty and that's the other thing about this film in particular when it's it it's like you want to take a shower because when you're in the place where there's all these butcher knives obviously where he dismembers and does whatever he's gonna do that everything nothing is clean like you know what i mean it's everything's mm -hmm. rusty um yeah it's just the set is just perfect for the film right. you know yeah 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 and i think um you know the fact that you know it's not a monster it's just really deranged human beings yeah you know i think adds to it right yeah a different way than you know movies like you know friday the 13th or halloween like there's a fairly quickly it it, it becomes comical or not not as scary because you know it's this I mean, michael myers but you know he I guess at some point he stops aging or and he becomes immortal or something and right, he can't yeah, die. Yeah. I mean, what, I mean, what, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And he goes into space and stuff. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, this is just a really fucked up family. Right. You know, that uh, takes pleasure in killing people and eating them. Right. And wearing their skin and all sorts of. Yeah. They're just. Yeah. Absolutely. Like I mean, and beings. that's, you know, that's totally chilling. Like this one is, I mean, there might be some places where it's dark, dark humor, but this one, this is one that it's like terrifying, right? And it's the first of its kind. Mm -hmm. And it's very hard to do that with reinventing the, the crazy killer without it mm -hmm. making it seem tongue in cheek or like, you know, add humor or whatever you need to figure that out and this one just did it first and it did it the best in my opinion mm -hmm. you know yeah you know it was effective at what it was and but i you know in terms of um when i was finished it was the one i liked the least yeah you know yeah and, and you know who knows i'm not exactly sure why but maybe it was because it was so realistic as opposed to some of the other ones that weren't right and that brings us to the discussion of the horror genre right um mm, yeah. where you know one of the things that i was hoping you to come away with in the is just the idea that like me right with the mcu 
is I'm gravitating towards a, a particular character in that, you know, in that discussion. Here, it's like mm -hmm. horror can be demonic. It can be ghost, which we really didn't have in this collection here. There's, mm -hmm. you know, the supernatural, there's deranged killers, there's survival, there's all sorts of stuff um, to, to choose from. And I'm wondering, is there a particular, I mean, first, I mean, do you, do you feel like you'll watch any more horror films or are you good? <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> um, well, it's interesting. I mean, I think it would depend like you like you are alluding to i think it depends on the subgenre got you okay um you know for example like do you consider uh alien a horror film yes i would i would actually the first one not the second the second one to me is more like an action yeah film. that's more like rambo you know with some right yeah um, it's a great one though i do like oh the and it's one. got some great humor in it too you know it does yeah bill paxton <laughs> exactly um, what a jerk um, i know um yeah so i mean something like that i like something that's a little bit more popcorny um but i like is like i like the first underworld mm -hmm. and so to me like movies like that i enjoy so from this list uh, I would say the omen. So that's more like a say supernatural ish. Yeah, re right? re religious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Supernatural. So, you know, so like yeah. uh yeah, yeah. So something like that and something like descent uh are when I look when I think about um the subgenres that I have watched on my own, it's been stuff like that. It's been like sci fi horror, you know, action or something like a descent that uh, is uh, really kind of more psychological. Yeah. So I would I would say uh, before I forget, I would say I would I generally don't like uh, the Halloweens, the Friday the Thirteenth, the Night Before Elm Street, uh, the slasher type films. The you know so obviously Texas Chainsaw is kind of like you know that. Yeah. I generally don't enjoy those, and uh, I think that still remains true. Yeah um Can, you know could so yeah could i you know it's funny it, it just occurred to me that in this list and um our discussion really hasn't gone to the the horror marvel universe for lack of a better term here vampires frankenstein mm -hmm. you know like those classic ones if i was to add another one or change out one, you know, I should have put in Let the Right One In, which is a mm. a vampire film uh, that's been remade, but it's uh, originally, I, I want to say it's um, it's a, a Scandinavian. Is it Norwegian? Or? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think so. And it's a, it's beautifully filmed. It's a, you know, a young girl who's a vampire and um it's just really fantastic it's also a sort of a mm -hmm. you know a buddy film in a sense as well um you know it's funny that that's also a you know it just actually goes to show that the horror genre is really open wide and some of the most obvious horror films you know i didn't even mm -hmm. think about I, i've almost watched that film i think a dozen times what let the right one in 
Yeah. See, yeah. See the original. I, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It's really good. Yeah, I mean, I think, it, and it goes again to like we talked about uh, in in part one of this of this podcast, which was, you know, my general hang up with horror and not not giving it a real shot, you know, because I remember, I mean, this was years ago, you know, seeing that on, I forget what it was, Netflix or whatever, and, and be like, oh, you know, that, that looked like an interesting take on the vampire yeah. thing, but I don't know if I, in the, I'm in the mood for being scared. Uh, I think I'll watch this spy thriller instead. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I have genres that I go to, you know, when if when I'm left to my own devices and it's, it's usually action, mm -hmm. revenge films, um, spy thrillers, uh, sci-fi. So those are like when I want to enjoy something and um, that's what I go for. If I want something more deeper, it's going to be probably a, a drama or something like that. But the horror stuff I've just in general, I'll, I'll put on my cue. And then when it's actually time to press play, I'm like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, right. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And that, that was one that was like that. And I'm sure there are others that I'm not thinking of. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there are subgenres that I, I could give a better chance uh, to watch. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think, I think you're right that any film can do this. But I think because of the, the nature of, uh, horror films there are opportunities for writers and directors to add layers of commentary yeah that i think are not always there in other genres that are very story driven where you know these films are there's a space for them to have layers that i think maybe other films especially the more intricate the story it's about that story and there could be other layers, but I think you're not going to catch it. Right. At least not the first or second time. Like, I'm, I'm sure there are movies that are very story driven that have political or social commentary to them that are, that are layered there. Um, but, but you're not going to catch it because you're trying to figure out what's going on in this mystery or, right. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or who done it or stuff like that. And so with horror, I think it's different because it's very, in the moment, you know, because it's often, you know, you're feeling it, you're really experiencing it, not like you're watching TV, but it's more first person for these kind of genres. Like you feel like you're in it. Right. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And that's, you know, one of the things that, you know, I, I said before is feeling something, experiencing something that is just part of the human condition that you know, these things like, for instance, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, you look at the list of, of serial killers in the world, and there are hundreds of people that have lived that, you know. Now, I'm not saying I want to do that every night, but to experience that, you know, is, is something that I, I personally just don't shy away from because I know it's going to be dark, you know, and you can tell right away because of the way it's advertised, whether something will be a horror comedy like Shaun of the Dead or yeah. Scream or something like that, where, you know, it's tongue in cheek. Um, mm -hmm. So there's, you know, there's that sort of layer to it. But I, I guess you could say that's the same thing as like a war film, like a really yeah. realistic 
war film that is probably as horrific apocalypse now or yeah or you know the beginning of you know saving private ryan Ryan. where it's just so masterfully done and really gives you a not a taste and no one's going to say that well it'll just put you in that mindset so you think about it you know Mm -hmm. i think and and that's the thing where it's the line of it only being you know, um, entertainment, um, you know, sometimes it's like, I need something more. Yeah, but I think it, Yeah. well, I mean, it, it speaks to, you know, my, I think the central question, one of them anyway, is why do people go to see a horror film? You know what I mean? So I think that's like, I can tell you why I go to see a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. It's pretty obvious Yeah. why someone might read a mystery novel. Pretty obvious. Yeah. You know, you want to uh, you know, be experience some kind of mystery that you can try to solve mm-hmm. alongside the characters that are that it's happening to, or the you know the detective, whether it's um, Perot or Sherlock Holmes or yep. you know whoever it is, right? You know, you're trying to figure it out alongside them, and, and that's the allure, and that's why it's so popular. Yeah. But with horror, why do you? Is it because it uh, you're doing it in a you're experiencing these heightened emotions in a safe space, so to speak. You think, is it, is it kind of like getting on a roller yeah. coaster? Or? Yeah, I, I think it is very much get, getting on a roller coaster. Absolutely. And I think when it's done well, you're good with not seeing that film again. You know, there are some mm-hmm. that are just so well done and just are so masterfully put together. It gets you, right? It's not going to get you again because you've already mm-hmm. experienced that, but it was worth it for that, right? And uh, for that very reason. And, you know, I, I think that's part of it, part of well-done horror films. Um, and, you know, some of them you can go back. I, I think it, that really depends on the person. Uh, and there are some, mm-hmm. you know, that I, I will watch over and over again regardless you know um Mm -hmm. but i'm always looking for the next good one because i want you know i want to feel you know if we're going to say like the roller coaster for the first time where you don't know what turn is coming or whatever that's exciting Mm -hmm. you know and um yeah there's only so many movies i'll re-watch and it's because of that like i want i want to experience something different yeah, it's true. I mean, there. I don't rewatch a lot of films. I used to. I used to. I think more back in the day. Not as much anymore. But there are some, and, and those tend to be action movies, if they're done really well, just because it's a great kind of popcorn escape, or like uh, even good. I'm trying to think. Like even good, like thrillers. Thinking like you know Alfred Hitchcock, thrillers or right. You know what I mean? Like I can watch North by Northwest every month. I just, you just love it. <laughs> the first of a month, I'll pop that on. If, you know, if I had the time, and mm-hmm. I would be entertained each time. You know what I mean? Because it's it's just so well done, it's so well acted, it's so well paced. I know what's going to happen, but I want to experience it again because it's so well done. You know, the man who knew too much uh, with James Stewart and Doris Day. You know, things like that, or or things like Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, to borrow a Marvel one. That's a Marvel one that I. I, I think it's highly rewatchable because you, you start to like, 
look forward to right it's the quotable know, stuff right you know yes yeah, the quotable stuff or like a great comedy right oh you for know, sure there are, there are great comedies that you know before the scene happens or before the line happens you're already starting to right. laugh anchor man you know so, wayne's world yeah yeah and basic saddles right <laughs> so you know there's that i think that uh, there are probably some in this genre that are very that are really you know it's one and done like you said uh because you know it's like you know watching sixth sense right you're not going to watch it a second time really yeah right i mean once it um, once you get it but if it's effective you'll never forget the film that's the thing is that you never forget it lives inside of you now right Right. And yeah, all of these films live inside of me very much because of the horrific scene, you know, and it's, you mm -hmm. know, I mean, I'm not going to lie. First time I saw The Omen, that um, that nanny jumping, you know, I was young enough where I, I still think about them like, wow, you know, what an image. But yeah, now well, like uh, for me, um, Salem's Lot. Oh, yeah. You know, with, you know, the the. Uh, was it the brother that died and then comes back and he's tapping on the window and he lets him in, bites him or whatever because he's like a I can't remember it was like ghost vampire or something. Yeah, I can't remember. It's dude. been a while since I watched that. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, I remember that. And I there were now I'll probably have it'll probably be in my nightmare tonight, but because I thought about it, because but I remember like the first time I mean, I read the book or the short story I can't remember what it was, but by Stephen King and then. I remember watching it when I was young. That one scene stuck with me for decades. And that's the thing, actually. What one other thing before we put this to bed, you know, mm -hmm. um, is that I, I think a reason why when you look at film directors, a lot of them, a lot of great ones have a couple or at least one um, horror in their in their canon, you know. Because mm -hmm. it really does show the mastery of your ability to pace, your ability to um, hide things. In, you know what I mean? Like make it mm -hmm. that wonderful experience that you know is is dark. But I, I think it, it's not given its respect in on that front because so many of the great directors now come through horror, then get into other genres right sure i mean if you think of you know even spielberg with jaws right or you know stanley kubrick mm -hmm. was certainly established before he did the shining but the shining is one you know it has those imagery you know and that's where like you were saying midsummer it's very much like that in terms of its beauty and what it looks like its tone everything mm -hmm. you know it doesn't move super fast and you know it's those things and yeah so i think you know for the people that make it you know make the movies it's uh it's a flex and yeah, yeah. um i guess you could say the same for comedy as well yeah doing doing that well is it's challenging super hard yeah well right on man yeah go watch some happy films Thank you so much for <laughs> taking <laughs> part two. Watch, uh, I know. Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch. Uh, I think I'll watch some Red Sox here. Uh, eat some pizza and nice. You know, probably on the plane on the plane tomorrow when I'm going to a going to a meeting. Maybe watch uh, Guardians of the Galaxy or something. Nice. Like well, you you've earned it, <laughs> but, man. You've absolutely yeah. earned it. 
No, those it was it was it was fun to do as much as I was you know joking about the nightmares yeah. and stuff. But it was fun. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm glad I, I did it. Yeah, we'll have to do something like this again. All right, all right, man. All right, have a good one. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll uh, see you next yeah. time. We'll uh, we'll see you then. Thanks for listening to Dude Exactly. If you enjoyed our podcast, please leave a review. And if you didn't enjoy the podcast, please don't. To catch more episodes, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also reach us at dudeexactly at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening to Dude Exactly.